do you think March is the worst month of the off season? Because it's like we're still a long way from football season, and there's really nothing going on. It's it's one of the worst months of the year, other than March Madness. That's yeah. about it. That's the only redeeming quality of the month. The, basically, like if you like basketball, then yes. you'll like. Then you'll probably like this. But if you don't, you're just screwed. True. Step and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We missed you so much. TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Yes. Uh, this this show is, we've never done an off-season edition. No. So I can't tell you that this is going to be better than... Um, <clears throat> Better or worse than what it is during the season. Yeah, it could. It, it's, we're really flying by the seat of our pants here. We really have no idea because we actually have a format during the season. Yeah, this is. Yeah, we have a like a very easy un- to understand format too. This is just like chaos. We're riffing. We are absolutely riffing. Yeah. Um, this is your premium high school football podcast. I think we're going to try to do this uh, like every three or four weeks. Yeah, once a month. I think well, is good. Once a month is kind of what mm-hmm. we're going to aim for. Uh, no promises. <laughs> but then during the season, we come at you oh. every week. Yeah. If this is your first time, during the season, we have a weekly, at least one hour nerd out. Yeah. 18 um, straight weeks. We do a preseason, and then we do all 17 weeks of the season. That preseason one we did was a monster. We went for like two hours. Yeah, I think this year we should do like two preseason shows. Yeah. Like break it up a little bit. We could, yeah, we could really slice it up in a variety of different ways. Um, Hashtag but, content. But we will. The thing is, like next year, it'll be easy to do some off-season tap and steps. Oh, realignment year, yeah, yeah. We got realignment. By the way, speaking of which, this is not on the run sheet, but I'll just throw this out at you. Um, we had a comment on Texas Football Today today about you should listen every day at noon. You should every day, every weekday at noon at TexasFootball.com about Frisco mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. about um, the fact that there are there are some enrollment concerns as far yes. as their status as because for those who don't know they in they what frisco isd basically tries to do is say okay we're going to make it so that every one of our schools is a 5a school They're basically under 2,000 kids if it get, gets 2,000 kids build another high school yeah uh but and i think did i have this right on the site that that one of the bonds failed yeah they're a year behind basically on the bonds because uh one of the they had some financial issues the district didn't pass uh, the, the taxpayers. The district didn't pass a bond, and uh, they're about a year behind. So a lot of their schools are bursting at the seams right now. Mm. Um, so talked to a couple of uh, head coaches off the record in the district. So this is first a uh, little nugget of premium oh, content oh, goodness. Uh, and the the comment that I got. So the the next high school in Frisco is going to be opening up in 2020. Okay. Um, snapshot Day is in October of 2019. Correct. Yeah, so it's coming this, up in just a couple months. Snapshot Day is in October. Um, so it'll be around week eight, week nine. That's when Snapshot Day. And for those of you not uninitiated the realignment, Snapshot Day is the day that the UIL says, okay, all the schools, turn in your numbers. This is the number we're going to use in February when we do realignment. So uh, Frisco will not have a new school built at the time. Now, the UIL does have an out where if the district is anticipating a new school opening up, which Frisco, in fact, will be, they can estimate what the school enrollment will be based on the um, 
changes in the uh, enrollment. The anticipated changes. So I think that's going to be the out at Frisco. They're going to do – because they've got some Division two schools. I think they're mm-hmm. going to move – they're going to re- reshuffle the lines to where some of the kids at the bigger high schools, uh, Wakeland, Lone Star, mm-hmm. uh, Independence, I think are the three largest, and shuffle them around to Lebanon Trail, Memorial, um, Frisco High to more balance their numbers out. And then they'll do the estimate based on the, the high school number 11 coming on board. And I think they'll be able to they're, – they're going to have to get creative with it. But Interesting. I, I would I – would, if, if I was a betting man, which I am at times, sure. um, I would – I like to gamble blackjack mm-hmm. um i would say that they'll find a way to keep all their schools 5a but it's if, if there's going to be an alignment where they're going to have a school or two in 6a it's this one do you want to go up to are you in oklahoma do you do the oklahoma casinos or no i don't that that stupid blackjack ante up in oklahoma is the worst oklahoma you're terrible for that but like at the same time i don't want to drive to shreveboe it's Shreve three, hours. three hours yeah and for me here and here just north of dallas it's a you know hour tw- if, if if i get in, you know in the, if i get on a heater and i'm 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 driving up 75 quick like i can get to i can get to choctaw in hour 15 i can get because i live right off i-35 in far north fort worth mm-hmm. um i can get door to door to winstar if i really if you're hoof cooking it, it an hour on the dot oh, an hour oh, i can yeah. be at winstar in the parking lot I've, I've timed it before degenerate i got that i've got but, see i had a buddy who was in las vegas this weekend for the rugby sevens tournament and oh, usa won go usa darn right they did um and i was at that event i was at the, the tournament with them last that year it looks like a lot of fun by the way it's awesome yeah. it's, although this is the last it year looks like a party they're gonna move it around uh they're not gonna have it in vegas next oh. year which stinks because it was so awesome but anyway um so i've got that itch and normally, I'm about a once a year Vegas guy, and so because um, I like to just go and get it on my system. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I have firm Vegas rules. Forty eight hours, every yes. hour over forty eight is the worst. Is, is increasingly <laughs> terrible. Yeah, in in Las Vegas, but I need my little fix. And the problem is that Hank has really. Uh, you're not taking Hank to the casino? <laughs> yeah, that would be all. You're going to get the blackjack table with Hank? I can barely convince my wife to go to Las Vegas. Okay. So it would be very hard to convince Hank. But I, I'm not a fan of Oklahoma casinos. I, if I had to pick, I would pick Louisiana, but Oklahoma does have the uh, advantage of uh, convenience. So there's your first little nugget is that we both like to gamble. But uh, the, the first co-ISD thing is, is interesting. So yes. let's, um, let's talk a little bit. They'll figure it out. Before, before we start, Matthew, let's start with our... Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Ooh, I miss right. these. Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Um, I believe you you nailed the last one, which was, yeah. like, what was the smallest school in the state championship games? I, w- I was about 30 or 4. I, I think I got, like, 4 or 5 out of the 15. I would say you 15. probably went about 4. Yeah, about 4 about for 35 to 40%. Yeah, that's not bad. Hit, hit about at about three thirty, that would, yeah. you could play for the Orioles. Yeah, boy, if I was hitting two ten, I could play for the <laughs> Orioles. <clears throat> Chris Davis. So... Let's get into our Texas High School Ball Fun Fact of the Week. I was crunching some numbers, and, and by the time people listen to this, this piece may be up on TexasFootball.com. But we are going to have a story about the most improved teams from 2017 to 2018. Mm-hmm. We're going to break it down. We're going to have overall most improved plus most improved offenses, and what we're talking about today. Based on points allowed per game, Matthew, what was the most improved Texas high school football defense in 2018. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, I will, for those who are keeping score at home, uh, this does include 11 man, but there just nobody, nobody cracked the top 10 and 11 man. But uh, I will tell you, yeah. So the, the most improved Texas high school football defense from you know, points per game. So this is including six man. 
This this is include six man, but I will tell you, okay. it is not a six man school. Okay, okay. Because I thought it said six man, I said McLean. No, although it's yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with. It's got, I think it's gonna be a team that had a really good year. Okay, but I don't think it's anybody who won a state title. Correct. They did not win a state title. Um, where's Fall City's right? Fall City ranking that. Not ah, okay. The top ten. All right. Well, I should probably pull up the whole spreadsheet. Let me see. I can tell you where where Fall City was. But in any case, um, the problem is that Fall City was also a good defense in 2017. Ah, that's okay. the issue. Right. So this is really, in a lot of ways, a measurement of um, somebody who how bad you were the year before. What's the San Saba? Was it? It was not San Saba. Although they were, are they top ten? I think they're top ten. No, they're not. They're top. They're top ten in offense. They're second in offense. Yeah, they were. They were they a flamethrower. Unbelievable. After being really, really nothing burger the year before. So, let me see. Where is that stupid? I should have had this pulled up. This is why you pay for it. This is a podcast. Yeah, that you, this, pay you, for. you pay for this. You pay for Tepper me. frantically you searching camping, on his computer, finding my computer. I'm getting a new computer the other day. It's going to be. Oh my gosh! It's all searcher. Oh, you, is your T button still broke? Of course. Of course it is. For those of you who don't know, Greg's computer went on the fritz because the T button didn't work. Correct. So I and so they were going to it was going to be God bless I can't find it. Whatever. Anyway, so I can't find I can't find that right now. But point is, the I will run I'll run through the top ten for you. All right. And this piece will be up on TexasFootball.com, but you get a little preview. Number ten, San Angelo Grape Creek. They All went right. from fifty three point three points per game in two thousand and seventeen to thirty point five. So still not great, but obviously. But, yeah, when you give up fifty points a game, you can improve. Number rapidly. nine, Fort Worth Poly went from forty-seven and a half to twenty-four point three, which is a legitimate improvement. Yeah, that is actually a good a good year. Number eight, Scurry Rosser, they were awful in twenty seventeen, fifty-seven point two down to thirty-three points. So far, all three of those schools had new coaches in twenty eighteen. Uh, common thread be, there. I will tell you that's a common thread. Number number seven, Archer City. Forty point five points per game to sixteen and a half. That's pretty good. That's really that's, that's good. outstanding. That's a twenty four yeah. point improvement. Shad Hanna. Mm-hmm. I think he was first year head coach. Number six, Seguin. Forty two point three points per game to eighteen points per game. Travis 20, Bush. Twenty four point two per. Not a first year head coach. Number five, Rawls. Jackrabbits. They won a district title they this year. They went from 38.3 points per game to 13.3. That's solid. Awesome. That's very good. Number four is Galena Park, 47.5 to 22. Who will have a new coach in 2019. George Young resigned not too long ago. Number three, Wharton. Okay. They went from 51.5 to 26.2. That's like awesome. If you cut it in half, that's Yeah, they, did a, they had a, had a really, really good year. Number two, Bastrop. Now, part of that, that's interesting. Bastrop goes from 48.6 to 23. That's number two. But the number one team, most improved defense, with an improvement of 28.1 points Four per touchdowns game. a game. Four touchdowns a game better. They gave up 39 points per game in 2017 and just 10.8 wow. in 2018. Red Oak. Ah, Chris, Chris Ross, Ross factor. Yes. Making yes. moves. Red Oak was significantly, significantly better. Now, to be fair, their district changed significantly, significantly realignment. Well. Uh, but, hey, n- that's not to take anything away no, from them. They, they, still, Chris still Ross is a wonderful coach. And, yeah. and I think Red Oak is a team on the rise for 2019 as yes, well. Uh, it was. So there it is, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. So now let's get into what you're really here for. You're here for gossip. 
Uh, and before we like before we get into to actual coaching changes, I want to talk about drama mm. because it seems like every year there's one or maybe two schools, school districts, and in particular school boards. Yes, because that's usually where it starts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, look, coaches get fired for reasons that they deserve to be fired for that don't include their record that don't yeah. include uh that that you know coaches are human and coaches act up and yeah and coaches yeah there are not 100 percent. they're 100 i can guarantee you 100 of the head coaches in texas are not doing things on the up and up correct they're, when you have that many we have over a thousand yeah over 1100 schools that play mm-hmm. football in texas there's bound to be a few that are less than perfect human beings well, we're all less than perfect human beings but more or less perfect than others so we're not talking about them what we're talking about is when a school board decides to flex. Go rogue. Go rogue and say, oh, yeah. we're going to do what we want. Yes. And there are two, you may remember, two years ago, it was Todd Peterman at DeSoto. Well, three years ago, it was Lee Fedora at Navasota. Three years ago, it was Lee Fedora at Navasota. Yep. He got run out of town yep. for no After, discernible yeah. reason. After winning two titles. Yeah. And then... Two years ago was Peterman. Uh, two years ago was Peterman at DeSoto. He stayed, but it was the, the it was, re- relationship was broken. The writing was on the wall. Yes. He was going to be gone, and everybody knew it. We broke that news on tech. Remember when he texted me when I was on Texas football yes. today? When he That's he right. texted me that he was leaving on the show, and my eyes got as big as like saucers. Two thousand and seventeen, we had a couple. South Lake Carroll is the the big one with Hal Wasson uh, getting run out. I'm glad to see Hal Wasson land on the course. So here, here's the funny thing: wouldn't you love to see a, a Nacogdoches Corsicana uh, matchup in non-district? Hal Wasson versus Darren Allman. That'd be awesome. For those of you who don't know, Hal Wasson and Darren uh, basically Hal Wasson and Darren Allman got crossways. Yes. Allman was the AD, Wasson was the head coach. They got crossways. They were not friends, and no. uh, yeah, that relationship. And then the South Lake School Board got involved, and yeah, the it rest is bad. history. Yeah, so. That was that. But this year, we have two. So far, we have two, yeah. One that's getting a lot of ink spilled. It's only March 4th, Greg. There could be more. One that got a lot of ink spilled for it. Because all these, if I remember correctly, all these started coming down about now. Then, you know, March, April is when you started hearing these rumblings for pretty much all these things. Um, Let's start with the one that's getting a lot of attention, which is the one in McGregor. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. part of that is just because it's in a bigger... Uh, media market because it's down there in the kind of Waco area. Yeah. Uh, but Judd Thrash is um, now officially out at McGregor. Looking for a job. Uh, yeah, but he could also just sit out and count he his could. money. He could. He could. So for yeah. those who don't know, it just sounds, I mean, this sounds like a classic case of a, of a school board going rogue. Yeah, so so in May, I last May, during 7-on-7, seven seven, this is one of the reasons why I go to 7-on-7, seven seven, by the way. It's the not for the football, which, you know, it's 7-on-7. Seven seven, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's you can get a great scuttlebutt. So I started getting scuttlebutt at 7-on-7s seven that, you know, McGregor, that, that folks folks in town in McGregor were after Coach Thrash. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, you know, it kind of came to fruition. And in essence, what it was is uh, Coach Thrash had another year. His contract was not up until June of 2020. So he had another year on his contract. But McGregor wanted to make a change on this. They, they wanted to find a reason to get rid of him. They wanted to get a new coach. And that happens sometimes. You know, the school board says, hey, this guy's not the right fit, blah, blah, blah. School boards that do things the right way will say, hey, coach, you know, we want to make a change. We are going to reassign you to another position in the district. You're going to make your same salary, but we're going to reassign you. You're welcome to find another job. Probably going to do less work. Yeah, you're welcome to find another job. 
but we want to make a change. That's the and, way. When you see, well, yeah, that, I think that's that's an interesting way to to kind of give out the Matt Step glossary. Yeah. Is that if you see a guy get reassigned within the district, usually that means he has time left on his contract, mm-hmm. and they want to make a change, and they want to make a change. So they'll say, okay, we're not gonna, you know, we're not, we can't fire you because then we'll have to pay you more, but. Uh, we're going to move you around into a position. We're going to make up a position for you Correct. and uh, just, you know, you f- just figure it out. And then if you find another job, great. We wash our hands of it and go on about our business. But if not, you've got a salary. We're going to honor our contract. Yeah. In this case, uh, McGregor decided, you know, we don't want Coach Thrash around. And also, we don't really want to pay him what we owe him. Yeah. So we're going to try to nitpick and find some something really random to run run them out on, so we don't have to pay them. This is straight fire, up, basically firing with cause. They're, they're trying to fire them with cause. This is straight up what happened at South Lake Carroll. Yes, this is like beat for beat. Yeah. So they put Coach Thrash on administrative leave and quote unquote conducted an investigation. Uh, that investigation, as I and I, t- I told, I think I said this in our Slack chat. This is the mo of a school district not wanting to pay a coach and looking for a reason to fire him, and they've got nothing. Yeah. And sure enough, they had a school board meeting, and uh, no action was taken because they had nothing basically. And then shortly after the next week, you know, what I'm thinking is they negotiated with Coach Thrash's attorney. And uh, they realized, you know what, we got nothing here. So they paid Coach Thrash uh, basically to not coach McGregor next year. Uh, so they paid him out the entirety of his of the money that was owed on his contract, for the, so the rest of the 2018 contract, mm-hmm. and then the contract for the entire school year of next year, roughly a little over $116,000. So that direct deposit hit, and, you know, Coach Thrash... Uh, you know, and by the way, that also comes with. There's no non compete. There's no. He can go and get yes. another job tomorrow. I think the only stipulations were. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I don't think Coach Thrash is really allowed to comment on it. Uh, and McGregor ISD is not really allowed to comment on it. Coach Thrash cannot apply for any jobs in McGregor ISD. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> and I think uh, McGregor's got to give him a positive uh, re- recommendation. You know, reference. Right. So so here's what here's basically he could go and apply for a job at um, Teague right mm-hmm. down the street. Now, I, Teague's not coming open. Donnie Osborne's doing a great job there. But, but he could apply, apply for the DC job. Apply he could for, apply for a position, a assistant position coach job. Anywhere, yeah. down the road from there, uh, and just take that $116,000 check and say, you're going into savings. Yeah. Basically. And it's it's... But it's again, it's an astonishingly dumb thing to do yeah. uh, for a school board to, to just say, like, if you don't like the guy, then go to him and say, all right. We're going to reassign you. You have like then he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. No, then then he's either got to sit there and, and take the reassignment and get paid as he as he would normally get paid, or he's he's guess what he's probably going to save the district some money and go find another job somewhere else. Yes. And then he'll be out of the contract, right? And then you don't have to pay him. But McGregor took the nuclear approach and tried to find some weird reason to fire him when they didn't have anything. So. McGregor ISD, if you want to pay me $116,000 to not coach your football team in 2019, hello, my name is Matt Stepp. You know what? You know what? I'm going to undercut you. I'll do it for half that. Really? I will not coach, sure. their, I will not coach that team for, for half that. 51-5? Yeah. Or what? 58. My math's yeah, terrible. My Sorry. Yeah. Said the banker. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's the it's MO. Amazing. It's the MO of a district uh, that just reach, grasping at straws and they didn't have anything. And they tried to drag a guy's name through the mud. Uh, basically, and didn't work out. And, and I think Coach Thrash is going to land on his feet. Well, I, and that's, I, that's the thing is is he's a good coach. There are there are coaches out there that, to be real honest, I think that if a school board did launch an investigation into them, 
they could probably find something. Yeah, there are coaches out there. I'll just be I'll just be honest about that. But Judd Thrush is not one of those guys. Like no, he, he had he, his ducks in a row. He always seems like he did. He does things pretty much by the book and in, in a you know boring way. And basically, they didn't they, they didn't want to pay him. So that's the one that's getting a lot of ink spilled mm-hmm. about him. The one that's not, and you brought it up when we talked last, is what's going on in Whitesboro. Oh, it's gotten better too. Oh, has it? They're trying. Uh, oh, 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 okay, oh. so let's run through the whole story. So the coach there is Eddie Gill, or was the coach? I suppose. Yes, Eddie Gill um, has pretty much done what nobody. No, not pretty much. He has done yes. what nobody has ever done in the history of the world. Yes, Whitesboro started playing football in 1911. When Eddie Gill took over in, let's see, he, 2011, 20. Uh, no, he, he was there a little bit earlier. Okay. He, he was he he had been there 13 years, so he took over in 2006. Right. Okay. From 1911 to 2006, Whitesboro had a total of zero playoff appearances. Think about zero. That. We're talking basically 100 years. Yes. Um, in the from 1976 to 2005, which is a long time. It's 20 over 20 years, 20 almost 30 years, 29 years. Yeah. Whitesboro won a total of 71 games. In Gill's 13 We're years... We're talking like two wins a year. Yeah. In Gill's 13 years, they won 72 games. And you're like, oh, that's not that great. Well, considering where they were, it's Correct. fantastic. And oh, by the way, he took Whitesboro to the playoffs for the first time ever in 2012. 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. 2012, the first time Whitesboro ever, ever made the playoffs. They've made the playoffs seven straight years now. So they go from 1911 to 2012. Uh, 11, 2012, over 100 years, never making the playoffs. And now Gill's got into the playoffs seven straight years. He's gotten into the playoffs twice, third round of the playoffs twice. Yeah. So they've got their first playoff wins in school history, everything under Eddie Gill. They went seven and four last year. Made the playoffs, lost, lost the first round. Did they underachieve a little bit? Probably. They had some injuries and they probably could have been a little, they, they had higher expectations. Mm-hmm. They thought this was going to be a year they could maybe go to the fourth round, maybe even win the region. Mm. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, they had a bad year. It happens. Guess what? But a bad, but a bad year by the new standard. Yes, that he set. Yes, that he set. The yeah. only reason that they have that standard is because of him. They went 7-4. and four before. If you go back into Whitesboro's history, they don't have – you could probably count the number of seven-win seasons before Eddie Gill on one hand, yeah. literally. Like there, and there were a couple of years even before 2011 when Whitesboro went seven and three. Missed they the technically, I'm looking at this right now. They technically overachieved their expectations technically from last year, like based on what we what we did. Like technically, it was it was minor, but it was basically I don't have the rankings in front of me, but like they were maybe 39th and they finished 37th. Yeah, so seven and four, solid year, and. Apparently he's got he got crossways with a school board member or two, and they voted to he was on a contract I guess a year to year renewal, mm-hmm. and they voted uh, four to three to not renew his contract. Almost the same night that this uh, that the whole McGregor thing kind of came to a conclusion, which it kind of got swept under the rug because of all the the news out of McGregor. So Whitesboro decided we want a new coach. This is, seven and four is not good enough for us anymore. We want a new coach, and they non they voted to non renew Eddie Gill four to three. Now. The okay. job got posted. I did know this. I don't know anything about what you're about to say. Okay. Uh, apparently, there are rumblings that that member that they have reached back out to Eddie Gill to try to bring him back. Be- and I think in part because of all the negative publicity. Because I know a couple of TV stations up in Sherman Denison mm-hmm. and uh, Jason De La Rosa had some comments about it. Uh, I had some comments about it on Twitter. And I think the district and the school board has realized, okay, maybe we made a mistake here. So there are rumblings that they are reaching back out and trying to work something out. For him out. to reapply? 
basically, come back, basically to to, to re-review his because oh, his contract is still he's still under contract. Yeah. So they, they can post, go back and review their own because they took the job. Position. The job posting's been taken down. I didn't. I don't see the job posting anymore. Oh. So maybe maybe someone in Whitesboro figured out that you know what this probably isn't the best thing for us, and we want to try to re-review this. So we'll see what what it turns out. And Coach Gill made it. You know, be like, you know what, you guys can go. You know, yeah, he might say I'm going to go to a place where I can be, yeah, appreciated. Exactly. So there's a possibility of that too. But I do know that there's at least some talk of Coach wow. Gill possibly being, uh, see, reached back out to. Drama every single year. There's every like, how do you not learn? Like, how do you not learn? And I guess that basically these school board members don't pay as much attention to the um, showing Greg the text message that I got that said the latest rumor was that they were trying to bring Gil back. Golly. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but the um, school boards just don't learn. But, well, they don't learn. And the thing is, that, like, basically, we now have case study after case study after case study after case study that this doesn't work out well for you, Generally either no. from a financial position or from a PR position or both. Yeah, because here's the thing. McGregor's made their bed. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you the quality of applicant that they're going to get for that job is not near what it would have been Correct. if they would have just simply quietly reassigned Coach Thrash and done it basically the right way. Here's my advice to school boards. If you want a new football coach, I think pretty much every coach in the state understands that's part of the business, and it happens to everyone at some point. I mean, I mean Gordon Wood, Todd Dodge, all these guys in their careers have been reassigned or lost their job. It happens to even the best coaches at some places. The best way to do it is you want to get rid. You want a guy gone is you reassign him, and you don't try to find a way to fire him for no reason because it's going to end up not going well for you. It's so messy. It's so very, very, very messy. Um, so that's the drama. And it happens every year. We'll have, every another, year. We'll have another one next year. Next year we'll be doing the same podcast, and we'll be talking about mm-hmm. at such and such school how the school board has gone rogue and decided to run something. Don't let it be your school. Don't let it be you. In, inform. If you're the head football coach, just send them press clippings. Yes. Like, send them steps tweets and say, all right, here you go. Well this is how you. we don't do it. All right. So now, those are the Texas... You can find all the Texas high school ball coaching changes at texasfootball.com. Um, and, um, you know, you know some of the ones that, that have come down. I, I think that there are some that are they're very, very interesting. I'm very excited to see what Jeff Reardon does at, at Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited to see uh, what Hal Lawson does at Corsicana. Okay, and we're back. Uh, yeah, so our stuff ran out, but that's okay. We're recording. Tepper fixed it. We did. Okay, now you, so... Now you have to edit it. You mentioned... Um, I, I mentioned Jeff Reardon, and you mentioned uh, Darren Allman. Darren Allman at Nacogdoches, that this is a guy who has won everywhere that he's... He's got a great record. Yeah. It's like 86 and 36 or something. He's got a really good record. I mean, he, he went 12 and 1 in back-to-back years at Permian. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he's a really, really, really good football coach. He took Westlake to a title game. Yes. So, let's now... But but one of the reasons that I think people are tuning in is that you can read all the coaching changes and see who's going where and things like that. And, of course, follow Step on Twitter at Matt underscore Step up at 817. Those hashtag Step Bombs. Those drop those hashtag Step Bombs. I, I have dropped a couple of hashtag Step Bombs. You have, but the uh, big one was the uh, was uh, Jared Fikach going Jared to uh, Eastview. I was in Canada. I said, "Look at Tepper." That's a that was a. I mean, he's he's a hot name too. Yes. He was a guy that I'm sure, and I'm, I'm sure uh, there was I a, coach inspirational coach of the year, and I'm sure that there were a lot of people after him, and that he was getting phone calls. Absolutely. If you go 14 and one after a, after a three and seven and an 0 and 10, yeah. you're gonna get phone calls. Mm-hmm. But. You've got a little bit of scuttlebutt, a little bit of rumors. We're going to leave names out of this. We yes. have to. Yeah. But um, but you've got some rumors on a few jobs that uh, are hiring. And, and so it's Monday at 5.13 p.m. So. Yes. And Monday, Monday is a big school board meeting night. Now, you, this Monday I don't think is as many, but we do have a 
fairly significant. Last week was nuts. Was yeah, last Monday, right when I got back from Canada, yeah. they, were, they were dropping left and right. Uh, so Mesquite ISD has got a board meeting tonight. Um, so they're going to hire um, both internal hires. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poteet's going to hire um, their DC, Rodney McLean. Um, and then Horn is going to hire um, Chris Hudler, mm-hmm. who is the DC. However, um, Horn, the interesting thing about Horn is it was that job was offered twice and turned down twice. Uh, a state champion head coach uh, who won a state title this year uh, turned the job down. So, mm. that's actually, you know what? Here's the thing. I was just thinking about that because this is the second time you said that because our, our recorder conked out. But I can I can technically narrow that down to eight because it's probably not the coaches who left. It's probably not. Alito, Steve Wood, not probably not Steve Wood, Brad Davis, probably not Brad Davis because he's yeah. retiring at Grandview. It's probably not Mason, uh, uh, Kate Burns who yeah. got the uh, uh, principal's job. Yeah, um, he's and, gone to the dark side. And then it's probably not. Uh, it's probably not the two six man coaches. Well, I don't know. So I can narrow it down. No, I can narrow it down to nine. Could okay. be. Maybe it is. It could is, be. Is it McLean coach. You're not Liberty to say. Well, his mustache was offered the job. That was, he turned yes, it down. Of Tyke's mustache was yes. offered the job, and he turned it down. Okay, so he um, turned it down. And then another DFW head coach turned the job down. And the interesting thing on this deal was, is I talked to that head coach Saturday, and as of Saturday, he was taking the job. And uh, I talked to him after I was watching. I went to the regional basketball tournament. Great game, Duncanville Denton Geyer. You were following me on Twitter. I know you were. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, great ball game. After the game, I called this coach and said, "Hey, you know my." Sources tell me you're taking the, uh, the congratulations job. order. Yeah, and he said they are. Uh, can you hold it until Tuesday? Because I won't get a chance to tell my kids till Tuesday. And I said, well, the school board meeting is Monday night. So he was like, well, if it gets out Monday night, you know, I understand. But I yes. said, I'll try to hold it for you. Okay. Uh, this morning, I start getting text messages that coach turned the that that coach declined the offer. Wow. So I texted the coach and I said, hey, are you staying where you're at? And he said, I am. So I said, okay. So that job was turned down twice. Interesting thing with Mesquite Horn. So I, you know, it's interesting because I, I've always thought Mesquite Horn was a really good job, mm-hmm. but maybe you know the leadership void could be some issues there. You know, I know they've got a big hole to fill at quarterback this year, um, and they're in a really tough district. You know, they've got Longview and Rockwall to deal with, yeah. in a, and a Mesquite High team under Jeff Fleener that is that is coming. They are yes. surging. So uh, you know, the district's a lot tougher than it was before. So. Um, that's I don't interesting. know. It's interesting. It might not be the peach of a job that I kind of thought it was. Yeah, and so an, another one that, that was kind of interesting to me because it was held open so long um, is Plano West. Yes. Plano West was open for three months? Over three months, Which, yeah. that's a long time, really three, Really three and a half months, if you yeah. think about it. But, I mean, now, obviously, there was Christmas vacation mm-hmm. involved in there, but that job opened up right after the season. Yeah. And the regular season ends, you know, November, right around November 10th, November mm-hmm. 12th. So... Um, that was a little inter- – and I think that job was turned down multiple times as well. So uh, Hebron o- OC Tyler Sokup's got the job. Um, very well-regarded offensive coordinator, but he's not a, a Plano guy. So. Yeah. And then, and then for those who don't know, Plano has a history, a reputation almost, of yes. hiring Plano guys. And so guys that aren't Plano guys that come into Plano ISD sometimes don't always uh, jive real well. Yes. Uh, see Randy Jackson. Let me ask you. <laughs> what do you uh, – you, uh, you said Hershey's uh, – which stuff Hershey's? Yeah. So Hershey we'll, – we can talk about that in a minute. But Hershey's going to start interviewing um, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some intel on that job. I think um, the, the profile that I think they're looking for is a young, energetic um, – Probably a guy who's, been, who's a first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, 
seems to be the profile of most of the guys that they're bringing in for interviews. In fact, I will be very surprised if it, if if we don't see a guy who's a coordinator in DFW getting that job. I think there's like three guys who are all DFW area coordinators that are all young. I think fit the profile of what they're looking for at Hershey, and I think those are the three prime candidates for that job at the moment. What do you think of, and I'm, uh, this is not on the run sheet, I'm just throwing it out at you. That's what, what do we you, do, we're vamping. What do you think about Monahans? Monahans is an interesting gig that Mel Maxfield comes there from Amarillo, lasts one year, and now they bring in... Hey, it lasts like a semester. A semester, basically. Yeah. Now they bring in Fred Stahl. Now, yeah. Fred Stahl did a tremendous job with McKamey. Very good job Really, McKamey. really good job with McKamey. Um... The, the Mon- Monahans always seems like an odd job to me. Not odd, but what I mean by that is that they've had so much stability. Yes, that's I mean, it. Mickey and then, Owens, and then, and then suddenly they, they don't. And then I can't remember the guy before. His first name was Larry. I can't think of his last name now. But they they they, they basically had two coaches for like thirty years. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, Mel Maxfield comes in, and we're thinking, oh, great hire, wing T guy. Monahans has been running the wing T since before I was born. Be a great fit. Maxfield's got a successful history at Amarillo, at Burleson, at Forney. Done a great job. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, Monahans went 5-6 and six with a young team, didn't make the playoffs. And then you look at who they brought in for their interviews, and I had a list of everyone who interviewed for that job. It seemed like to me, on the outside looking in, they were ready to ditch the wing tee. Mm. Everyone they brought in was either an offensive guy who runs the spread or if it was a defensive guy, coached at a school who runs the spread. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like to me that what, for whatever reason, they were ready to, to change philosophies offensively. And Fred Stahl is a spread guy. Because before he came to McCamey, he was the offensive coordinator at, uh, I don't know if he was offensive coordinator, but he was an assistant at Andrews. Mm-hmm. And Andrews is as, as wide open and slinging around as it gets out in West Texas. So he did the same thing at McCamey, uh, went 18 and 6 in two years, 8 uh, and 4 this year, 10 and 2 his first year there. So, I mean, he's, he's got a, a little bit of head coaching experience. I think his wife is from Monahans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people thought from a community standpoint, it's, it's a good. Good fit. So, um, I think Monahans is a good job mm-hmm. um, out there. You know, four A Division two, lots of tradition. I was going to say it's got a lot of tradition. It seems like it's also a place um, wh- they expect a winner. They do expect you to know, win. You got yes. you, you need to you need to make the playoffs and you need to be contending yeah. every year. And they uh, they finished fourth this year and they re- I mean and they barely snuck in this yeah. year. I mean they you know they, they lost to Fort Stockton this year. And no offense to Fort Stockton, Mike Peters, Tacos OJ, yes. one of my spots. Uh, what's the Roadrunner statue? Uh, uh, Paisano Pete. Yeah, great town. But Monahans does not expect to lose to Fort Stockton. Correct. And they lost to Fort Stockton this year. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Snyder. They finished fourth. They lost yeah. to Snyder, Fort Stockton, and Greenwood in district play. Um, so they they really and they barely got in. I think they had to beat Sweetwater in overtime just to get in. So uh, that, something just didn't happen, and it seemed like now Monahans is making a complete change and, and going to the spread offense. So I'm really interested to see how that offense takes hold in Monahans. And, and then I want to I want to ask you. We're going to stick in two A for a minute because there's two two A jobs that are tied together. Uh, that kind of that kind of caught my eye. One's Grapeland. Wayne mm-hmm. Mahaffey is gone is, is retiring after yes. a long career at, at Grapeland. You know, you know he coached Claude Mathis in high school is and he won right? a state title at Bartlett. When I saw Claude Mathis at the uh, DeSoto Duncanville basketball game, he didn't know that Coach Mahaffey had retired. And I said, Was he your coach? He goes, I guess he goes, Absolutely, I need to give him a call. Wow. So yeah, he was he's, he's, he's back retiring. in nineteen ninety two. He he coached Bartlett to a state title in ninety two. And Terry Ward takes over. Terry Ward, um, the former uh Tenaha coach mm-hmm. who guided them to a state championship, he was Reginald Davis's coach. Yes. Do I have that right? He was mm-hmm. Reggie Davis's coach um he's going to take over but he was most he was most recently at harleton uh, yeah after after tenaha lost in the state title game to monday mm-hmm. he went to harleton mm-hmm. and had four 
tough years there. Mm-hmm. They they didn't they did not win a lot of games in Harleton. Mm-hmm. Harleton's a tough job. I think he took Harleton to the playoffs once, and mm-hmm. they went like four and seven one mm-hmm. year. But tough gig. He resigned at the end of the year, and uh, I think lands in, on his feet in a good place in Grapeland. I yeah. think Grapeland's a good gig. Uh, trending up too. I mean, they had a great year this year. Like ten and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, other than Fall City gave Mart their closest. I mean, they pushed mm-hmm. Mart for about half. And then there's Tenaha, uh to go back to that as um, Greg Jenkins, who was doing uh, everything at yes. Tenaha. He was the doing, football and basketball coach. And, and AD uh, is now doing a little less than everything. He's, yes. he's step, he, I understand he's stepping, he's just taking his football role away from Yeah, he's still the AD yeah. and he's still the basketball coach, but he, he stepped down. From, I mean, he did a great job this year. Yeah. He had, a, he had a, a young team at Tenaha really young. that moved up to Division One, mm-hmm. And they went to the third or fourth mm-hmm. round, had a really good year. So I think Tenaha is going to be a team to watch next year. Um, so they promoted from within. And oddly enough, Jenkins' brother, Jeremy Jenkins, just took the Mount Enterprise job. Oh, so, boy. A yeah. lot of East Texas out there. Yeah. Way, deep East Texas. Way, yeah. way East Texas. So what other, tell me, uh, what other jobs do you have your eye on here in the next uh, couple, until we record this, this show again? Well, you know, Alvin's one, that job, apparently Alvin had offered the job to Kirk Botkin, and uh, he, really? he, a day after taking it, declined it. He, and, and Alvin took pictures of the guy and oh put it on gosh. Twitter and uh, had to take those tweets down. So uh, I'm interested to see who Alvin's I must have missed that. After. Don't be surprised if Alvin goes after a, a, head co- a former head coach in the Houston area who also spent some time in Central Texas. Uh, as they're as they're, he's not he's not a head See, coach guys, right now. Here's the thing: I don't. You guys are all thinking like because I know that everybody kind of talks about step teases and stuff like that. I'm sitting across from him in the studio, and he has not told me who that is. And so I'm trying to work that. I'm trying to work the riddles too, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you once we're off here. But I, I, that's the word that I'm I'm getting on that. Okay. Uh, I'm interested to see what Waller does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's one that I'm interested in. Um, I'm going down my list here of jobs that are still open. Um, you know, Crosby's going to be interesting because of wow. just because of the situation. So, by the way, yeah, we should kind of mention this. Crosby, uh, I think people maybe looked at Jeff Reardon leaving Crosby for Chapel Hill, and they go, "What? Like, why would why would you go from a from a five A down to?" Four uh, AD one that struggled. That yeah, that that yeah, they were good. They were very, one and nine last. They were year. very good recently. But why are you taking over one and nine program? There's a couple of things. One, uh, I know his wife is from East Texas. She's from Lindale. She's from Lindale, mm-hmm. and so they're going home to the, to that. And he had, he had kind of mentioned that to me of like you know I know that you know I know Mandy would like to go home, so that's part of it. The other part of it is that. Crosby is a gig that is maybe not, if you if you start reading the tea leaves is not uh, the the finances the are districts in a me- the districts a mess right now right. It's a, the kids are good the facilities are great the districts has got a lot of financial trouble and there's just some tough times that they're going to have to do some belt tightening they had you know coach Reardon had to get had to let go of some coaches um, there were some other staff members that got let go and I think they're having to work with a little bit of a short deck. Uh, for the time being, so I'm be interested to see. And Coach Reardon, you know, he took the Chapel Hill job. He was a runner-up for a couple of other jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was looking. So um, that's one thing to keep to note as well. This was not a sudden thing. I think, I think as soon as the season ended, Coach yeah. Reardon, and I, I think it affected Crosby towards the end of the year. They yeah. really struggled down the stretch. They, 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 they beat Manville. They, they yeah. got off to a good start. And they struggled down the stretch, and I think the the news and the finances really uh, kind of was, was a big bummer on the program. So 
Um, I still think Crosby's an attractive job, but I don't think it's as attractive as it will be. Made. I think it might be a better job for the guy who gets the job after the guy. Do you know what I just realized? Like, I guess I, I guess I saw this, and I'm sure you mentioned. I'm sure you made the joke that I know you're going to make right now. I just realized Todd maybe has got hired at Lock at Lockhart. Yeah, the, the, he's, I wonder if he got it written in his contract about barbecue. The, that's exactly yeah. the joke yeah. that I think yeah. you're going to make. I got um, his, yeah, I think I think that's a really good hire for Lockhart. Coach Mabus uh, resigned suddenly at Abilene Cooper last year mm-hmm. uh, late. This was like mm-hmm. this was after State Seven on Seven when that happened. Because I remember we didn't right. we were at State Seven on Seven and we didn't see Coach Mabus there, and I thought that was really weird because he's always at those kind mm-hmm. of things. And then I think a week that next week we found out he 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 had stepped down. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he was not in coaching last year. I think he was selling cars in Abilene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how good he was at car salesman, but I know he was a good, he's a good football coach, yeah. and I think it's a good hire for Lockhart. And that's another change. I mean, Lock, maybe this is a spread guy. Lockhart was running the slot T, yes. so they're going from the slot T to the spread. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be an inter- interesting uh, hire. And um, but Lockhart being in Division Two, split divisions, mm-hmm. I think it's a more attractive job than it would yes. have been. And Georgetown Eastview's the same way with being Division Two. I think it's a much more as long as they stay Division Two. Yes, Eastview. Lockhart, I think, is starting to get a little growth, kind of that South Austin growth, but I still think it's a, a little, a little ways away. Um, you know, another job that really, uh, that kind of caught my eye. Uh, you know, Steve Hale going from Grosbeck to Hillsboro, going back home to Hillsboro. Um, that's where he's from. Um, so I'll be interested to see what Grosbeck. Grosbeck's a good gig. Not a bad gig. It's a good gig. Let me ask you about. Um, a school that's always had my heart, a school that I've always felt a very close kinship to, uh, is uh, La Maquina Amarilla. Ah, uh, uh, Ed, Ed Couch. Couch. So Bradley Chavez um, resigned in the middle of the season, is that right? Yeah, week week three, week four. Just like left. And this was his first year, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he was there for... Do you have any idea what's going Bradley on? Bradley Chavez with the most well-manicured beard in the state of Texas, <laughs> by the way. Because Chavez, it's pretty. It's it's a work of art. Do you have any idea what's going on? So I'm I'm 99 sure Christian Navarro, the athletic direct, athletic director, is going to be named the head. He he took over at the end of the year mm-hmm. and, and basically coached them the rest of the year. Um, all indications are he's going to be the guy. I think they're just. I'm just waiting on the official announcement. I've, I've texted Coach Navarro three times and he has not responded. <laughs> so Coach Navarro, if you're listening, quick ghosting. Just let stuff. us know that you've, you're the head coach at Ed Couch Elsa. We all know you are. Just let us know. Um, it's of course TexasFootball.com where you can find all the coaching changes um, that will continue. Um, but it's right yeah. now. I would say we're right on pace for a normal coaching season. Yeah, coach, coaching we always have more coaching changes during realignment years and non-realignment years. Mm-hmm. It's been a noticeably quiet year in the Metroplex, which after last year was is kind of. Exp- I've had a lot of coaches go, "Hey, is there any, any movement in the DFW area?" Probably not. It's gonna be pretty quiet, I think, because we had so much movement last year. So, yeah. um, and usually, instead, Houston's got a ton. Yeah, usually first week of April is when things kind of start to tail off. Mm-hmm. We don't need any major coaching changes happening at the end of May like Please we had don't, guys. four years ago when, oh my God. when Joe Willis left Cedar Park and went to Colleyville. If you're right. unfamiliar with this story, I'll tell it again. Um, share, share that story. That's a so this was, we are like two days to press, and Joe Willis is the coach at Cedar Park. He was our number one team. Uh, year, they right? were our num- yeah, number one. They were our number one team in 5A that year, and we were feeling very, very good about, about Cedar Park. And, and so last the last week before we go to press is just it's a lot of ticking boxes. It's a lot of I'm going to read this page over. I'm going to make sure everything looks clean. I'm going to make little fixes. I'm going to make sure it has a page number. I'm going to make sure that, you know, all the all everyone's got the right mascot. Little things like that is how the last week of the magazine process works. And so then I get word, I think 
because you were with a, a, a competitor at the moment at the time, mm-hmm. and you tweeted out that you were hearing that Cedar Park was going to come open. Mm-hmm. That um, you cursed me so hard. And I'm I sure. go, what the? And so I start texting. Fur- we're like three days to press. I start texting furiously to uh, Joe Willis, and I say, Coach, you've got to let me know, please. Is this true? Is this not? Because we've interviewed him for the. If there's you, quotes in the magazine. There's quotes in the magazine. There's everything. We have them. We, like where we have. If you if we pick you to win a state championship, like we did for Cedar Park in 2015, you are in about seven or eight different places in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he left me hanging for probably about four hours, five hours. But then he did, in his defense, he did text me back. He's very say, good about that. Joe I Willis t- is great. I even told him, I, I, I think, I, I even told him, I'm like, if you need me to keep this quiet, I will not say anything. I won't I won't say anything until, like, I'll just put it in the magazine. Because the magazine takes three weeks to print or something exactly. like that. Yeah. You've got three weeks to do whatever you need. I just need to know now. And he was nice enough to, to reach back out to me. So, Thank you, um, Joe Willis. coaches, if you're going to make a change, please, like, before before May, before May. If it happens in May, I'm going to be a little mad. So, um, you can find all the coaching changes at TexasFootball.com. Yes. Um, it is also not only coaching season; it is also transfer season. Oh, it is transfer season. Yeah. Um, you are starting to see. You're going to start to see rumblings and rumors and reports of Alito's picked up a couple players, <laughs> of players moving around, and there is one in particular that caught a lot of attention. It's it's Kendrick Blackshire, the linebacker. Is that correct? Yes, the massive 250-pound linebacker who runs like a four-five. Remember, we saw him at seven-on-seven, seven, and he looks like a he looks like an offensive lineman, yet he moves like a running back. He is a huge kid. He's a very, very big kid. And he's a big-time recruit. He's at Mesquite Horn right now. I say right now uh, because, and this is a guy who's getting offered by OU, getting offered by LSU. He was visiting Oklahoma State last week. Alabama's offered him. He, everyone's after this kid. Everyone's after him. He's a class of 2021, so he's a, he'll be a junior next year. Um, he started as a freshman. At reports have started coming out that he is going to transfer, and he's going to transfer to Duncanville. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, you, you can transfer to any school, but... You cannot transfer for athletic purposes. That is correct. You have to have what's called a PAPF form. And there's a box on there that says, did this, the previous school fills it out. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions on there is a box that says, did this student transfer? Do you believe this student transferred for athletic purposes? Yes. If you check that box, you are immediately ineligible. Correct. Now you get now you can appeal it and go to a DEC meeting and they can present the case and go from there. But if they check the box right away, they're immediately ineligible. We don't know what the statics of this is. Now part of it, to go back to what we we're talking about, Horn don't have a coach right now. No. They have a new A D leadership void. They have a new A D in Cody Groves who got mm-hmm. promoted from Mesquite Poteed to the A D job. Um, I guess technically, if he wants a PAPF, he will have to get it from Cody Groves at the moment. Um, but this is a developing situation. Yeah, um, my, I'm being told that 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 Blackshire's not in the athletic period at Horn. He's not in athletics at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I've been told he's not he's not unenrolled. He's still enrolled at Horn. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are rumors that he's transferring to Duncanville. I mean, Duncanville football retweeted. One yeah. of his tweets. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> public knowledge. I'm not breaking any news yeah. there. Um, so um, there is no comment from anyone at Duncanville. 
because I guess he's not enrolled there. So they really can't comment on it because he's not a student at Duncanville High School. He's still a student at Horn as of everything that we know. So right. um, it's an interesting and touchy subject. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the cards play out. Um, my, If you ask me what I think is going to happen, I would guess that Mesquite Horn will check the box mm-hmm. and that it will go to a DEC meeting. And then, you know, uh, Blackshire, uh, his family, will have a chance to prove their case that they didn't transfer for athletic mm-hmm. purposes and then it'll go from there this is not an uncommon thing we see transfers quite yes. a bit texas is a big state and in metro areas kids transfer all the time so we'll see how it plays out um but we'll be keeping an eye on it because it's such a big time recruit yes. at, to a big time program correct and this was if you remember last year um alito actually lost a, a couple of, of yeah. kids uh, money parks yeah who's now back at alito back at alito because he went to all saints all saints thank you yeah. it was one of the fourth um, the utah commit i believe private schools mm-hmm. um but now he is back at alito yeah, and then alito picked up uh bryson allen they're really really st- star sophomore he'll be a sophomore next year uh from fort worth southwest he Mm -hmm. started for them as a freshman and he's now at alito as Mm -hmm. well so you know it is what it is Um, we'll see if he's ruled eligible but i mean in alan's case he's just a sophomore so even if he is ruled ineligible alito will still have him for two years because he'll establish residency at alito and play yes so uh transfer season is also um uh, about a boot as it were um, so a variety of different things we're keeping our eye on at TexasFootball.com. There's no offseason. Um, there is no offseason. It's we, such a cliche, but we it's have, true. It, it, there really is something going on all the time. Uh, seven on seven starts next month. Oh, my the God. The first qualifier is in April 27th. By the way, I've officially got word that I can only go to Thursday. Oh, okay. I've got a wedding in yeah. Arizona. You're, you're skipping out on us again. I've got a family <laughs> wedding in Arizona on, um, and it's like. As long as we have golf carts, we're okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, it stinks because I want to be there. It's like it's fun. Please, please don't listen to this, it's, cousin Ashley. Uh, I would if if you give me my choice, I'd probably prefer. Uh, to it's be, fun, but it's miserable at the same time. It is, but it's miserable fun. Yes, it's miserable fun. Um, and and so I'm 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 sad that I'm not going to be there. But Sorry, we'll, we'll probably just do some we'll, fun interviews on Thursday. Yeah, we'll do fun interviews on Thursday, and it'll it'll be you can a good sign time. Autographs. That's He's, right. That's pff, just, no one can look you in the eyes though. Oh my god. Yeah, no one can look you in the eyes. Are, are you kidding? Max was the one who got uh, who got bombarded last year. He was. Oh the one yeah, Max was, was the popular guy. Was the popular yeah. guy. Okay. So we're going to close this out, uh, this edition of Tep and Step, with a little bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 it's the off-season. It is the off-season. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Um, and so, Step, you uh, you travel all over. I do. I'm um, an insane person. You're an insane person. And uh, you do a lot of you do a lot of driving in your truck, but you also do a lot of flying, which is why uh, Matt Step brought me some uh, uh, some drink coupons from uh, Southwest yes. today. Thank I'm you. sure uh, Tep wife may partake as well. Uh, yes. No, she's not pregnant. Yeah, she she's can, not pregnant she anymore. Knock these things back. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, appreciate that. But you 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 got some miles under the feet, under your feet this, this season, and so I'm going to ask you about your road your road trip foods because you're you're here you're stationed here in DFW, but yes. when you go on the road, the whole point of you going to these games is of course to see the football, but also more people are interested in where I eat. It's amazing. Partake in the local fair. Yes, it's why one of our favorite questions whenever we interview coaches is, hey, if I'm coming to a game in X. Yes. Where do I need to eat before or after the game? Oh, yeah. That's the question. And so you got – how many games did you go to this year? 73, I think I went 73. to. 73. Yeah. You went to 73 I'm high crazy school football person. games. I'm a crazy person. Let's talk about your f- maybe your five best okay. or most notable road trip uh, discoveries, we'll say. Okay. We're just going to do this past year. Now, if we're going career-wise, I've oh, got a I mean, lot. There's, there, there's too many. Yeah, I mean, like Tacos OJ in Fort Stockton. Is of course. A, and yeah. then um, you told me 
uh, and my wife, by the way, it's like you're you're my you're my wife's hero because you were the one who told us when we went to Alpine. Oh yeah, there's like three places in Alpine. Uh, that because you can was go a, to you can go to Riata, which is great. Riata is excellent. It's a classic Riata. Did you get the steak and the enchiladas. Of course I did. With the kidding? skillet when, mac and when cheese. When Max and I went out there for me to write that marathon story, um, we stayed in Alpine and uh, we ate at Riata, and it was. Amazing, of course it was. It's but no, wonderful. this was a burrito place. Was it Alicia's? Alicia's. Yes. yes. Alicia's yes. was very good. In Alpine. Yes. But so we can't go career because if we go career, we'll be here all yeah, day. Yeah, we'll be all here all day. But let me give me, your, give me your five. Okay. From this so year. I got five good ones. And this, there's no barbecue places on this because I mean, you guys know about me and barbecue. So I'm, I'm going to make it a little interesting. You so know, that's going to be the question. If we, um, if we get Todd Mavis at uh, coaching school. Ooh, which one? That's the I mean, which one well, of the four? Well, I, I wonder. I wonder if the political answer. I wonder if it's smart for him to answer. He may plead the fifth. He's going to give us the political answer. I know he is. That's okay. (laughs) We know. We know what the best place in Lockhart is. We all do. It's Smitty's. Yeah. It's Smitty's. I agree. But there are also people who love blacks. Yes. People who love blacks. And Kreitz. Mm -hmm. And then you Uh, you know what? Chism Trail. Kreitz is great, too. Kreitz is the most consistent. Smitty's is a little inconsistent. On their best day, Smitty's is the best. Kreitz was, uh, that's where we stopped. I think I went there with Mike Craven, and it yeah. was... It's the most consistent. Amazing. Anyway, go on. All right, so my five uh, from this past year of my places to go. The first place we're going to talk about is in Anna. Anna? I, I saw Anna, not really a road trip, but Anna's a little little bit of a ways. It's about an hour and a half. It took me an hour and a half to get there. Um, there's a burger, like old school 50s burger and malt shop. It's called Spurlock's. Hmm. Right on the main drag there, just south of the stadium. Got a cheeseburger and a, and a chocolate shake, chocolate peanut butter shake. <laughs> Choice. Very good. Just an old school, like old timey burger spot. Okay, Grease, like greasy spoon. Uh, the next one is a is a go to. I always go there when I'm in the valley. It's Costa Mesa in McAllen. Mm. It is a little bit fancier Mexican food. It's a nice place. You know, you go in there and you know it's not like so. This is, it's, this, it's a restaurant. Yeah, it's this not isn't like a, like a taco joint. No, no, no. Post Costa Mesa is a sit down. You got a wait staff. You would refer to this as a restaurant and not a joint. Correct. Yeah, got it. but if for. Really good Mexican food. It is the best. Now, there was another place I drove by in McAllen that advertised having sushi, hot dogs, and Mexican food. I'm not eating there. What? Yeah, not eating there. But oh, Costa God, Mesa that's is like the excellent. worst fusion restaurant I've ever heard of. And I know Costa Mesa is good because I, I took Carl Padilla there, and he had never eaten there, and he gave me – he was Ooh, like, this place is really if good. You the, if you get the Padilla seal of approval. Yeah, he recommended that's, that's it. That's impressive. So – um, then I'm going to talk about our f- favorite place in Houston. I, went oh. to, I go to Houston several times. If you're in Houston and you want to eat Mexican food, go to Spanish Flowers. Nice. Thank you, Angel Verdejo, for that recommendation. Yes, Angel Verdejo, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now with Cypher ISD, yes. um, was the one that like we reached out. I can't remember why we were in Houston. Maybe it was coaching school. school. It was coaching school two years ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we reached out to Angel. We're like, hey, where do we eat? And he goes, you need to go to Spanish Flowers. There's two of them. There's one, I don't even know, by the gallery maybe? And then, no, it's one down, one in the Heights. One in the Heights is the, but what he said was, you got to go to the one in the Heights. Yeah, that's the original. Yeah. And then, so, but I just, I went to the one off, right off 45. There's one on the north side of town. Okay. And I was on that side of town covering games. I think I was in, I think I was in like Aldine or something. It's kind of on mm-hmm. that side of town. So the, the, one, the, the one on the north side of town is still really good. It's not as good as the Heights, but it's really good. It's excellent. It's so good, guys. And well, like, I'm, coaching schools in Houston so coaching this year. Schools, yeah, exactly. Coaching schools in Houston this year. Um, there will be two places that I make sure I hit. One of them is Spanish Flowers. The other is Kenny and Ziggy's, yes. the, uh, the the deli. So we went. So two years ago, Max. So the first. So we, Max and I went to Spanish Flowers the first time by ourselves because you were, I think, eating with Mr. Campbell. Was That's, that the place? Was that the place with the crickets? 
I was not. I was. No, you, I went, I was you or did you go to dinner no, with Craig Way? I was with Craig and Aaron. Craig Way oh. and Aaron Hardigan. Okay. If I may name drop. Yeah, yeah you were with Craig Way. Uh, and then, then so me and Max came back and reported to the crew that it was awesome. Unbelievable. And then our boss took us all there for the crew dinner, yeah. and it was. So you ate there twice in two days. Uh, twice in three days, yeah. yeah. It was choice. So good, guys. Um, so, yeah, Spanish flowers. That's the only one I think on this list that I can vouch for. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're in Houston, go to Frenchie's, too. Frenchie's is awesome. Yeah. I went by to the, the Frenchie's by U of H because uh, I covered their Foster Shadow Creek game. Have I ever told the story on the, on the air of, uh, of the moment Mike Craven fell in love with you? Uh, oh, yeah, you have. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the ultimate step flex, though. Yes, the, the, the greatest step flex of all time was in 2015. Uh, that's when Matt Stepp uh, walked into the NRG Stadium press box with Frenchies in it. And at that point, Mike Craven, who's now at the Austin America Statesman, I swear, he would have... You could have you could have done asked him to do anything. He'd be like, "I will follow you anywhere." You well, because I brought friend. it because he he cha- so Craven actually challenged me and said I couldn't get it done, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get this done, and I'm bringing you chicken as well because I wasn't paying for it." So and then now I had to bribe one of the security guards to let me in because I got like a couple extra pieces of chicken. I said, "Hey, here's a couple extra pieces of chicken. Just just wink, she wink the other way." Yeah, yeah. and they, oh, she did. Uh, and yeah. I brought Craven some chicken, and he was. He and would, him, we're best friends for life. I would have told you, yeah, he'll do anything you want now. So Frank, gotta go to Frenchie's in Houston too. But that's that's neither here nor there. Then uh, in Corpus Christi, uh, mm. Chacho's Tacos. Chacho's Tacos. That's a joint. Okay, Chacho's a, Tacos is a joint. That's not a sit down. New. No, it is a joint. Pink walls. All it's, right. it's, it's it's the walls are painted pink. There's you know. Virgin Mary's on the wall. It's, it's legit. <laughs> Very and, Corpus, and it is excellent. They have a, they, they have a giant like a f- huge. If you just Google Corpus Christi breakfast taco challenge, it's there. It's like a bean giant bean and cheese taco. That's fine, but I, I like like the you know egg the class. Yeah, egg and sausage, egg and cheese. So I went there twice because I went for <laughs> breakfast once, and then I went and got the uh, the. Um, the torta with the chicken torta, ooh, which is ooh. very good. Yeah. Excellent. So Chacho's tacos. I don't eat tortas enough. They're, like every time you need, you need more tortas in your every life. Every time I have a torta, I'm like, I should do this more, and I yeah. just need to write that down. Yeah. I eat more tortas. Hashtag eat more tortas. Yeah. Hashtag so eat more tortas. it's a uh, Chacho's tacos. Excellent. Very good uh, breakfast and lunch is underrated. It's it's known for their breakfast, but the lunch is underrated as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a joint. They do accept credit cards though, so that's yeah. not it's not like a full bo- full blown joint. But they okay. you know if it's cash only, it's like that's a joint. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of. And then finally, this place is cash only. The number one place of the of the off season that I went to, Ben's Taco Stand in Pearsall. Boy, howdy! And uh, I, I was taking pictures of it and sending it to, sending it on Twitter. But let me tell you, I, I went to Pearsall to cover a game this year, and uh, the, the dearly departed Joey Rivera, who's not dead, but he just left Pearsall <laughs> to go to another job. <laughs> I was say. Uh, but he told me before like, I texted him and I said, "Hey, coach, I'm me in town, coming to watch you guys play Pleasanton." Where do I need to go? And I talked about it in our we talked about it a little bit in our interview. There's like a, a road in Pearsall, it's called Taco Alley, where there's like literally fifteen taco stands. It's amazing. And I think me, Max, and Greg need to go to Pearsall and take a tour of Taco Alley. I'm into it. Uh, but he said, My favorite place is Ben's taco stand. So I said, Okay. So I see it, and so there's like five cars in the drive through, and I'm like, Wow, this place is packed. And I pull in and there's a guy on the pit smoking brisket and chicken and all this other stuff and there are chickens walking around in the parking lot in, in the in the grass in front of a house it's a house literally is what it is it's a house with a drive through window it's a joint yeah. cash only there's chickens walking around there's a guy on the pit and I'm like those chickens are probably going to be on the pit in a couple of hours this place is legit and uh, I went and I got like a, a brisket taco a steak taco and a chicken taco I wanted to try each one they were all wonderful 
pregame, and I was like, all right, this is great. So I go pull up to the stadium in Pearsall. Pearsall's got a cool little stadium, and Coach Rivera goes, how was, how was Ben's taco stand? And I said, Coach, it was amazing. And he goes, he goes they're open until like 2 in the morning. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> okay, I'm going back. So after the game, I drive up, and there's like eight cars in the drive-thru now. It is packed. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm getting like five tacos because it's like an hour drive back to San Antonio. Yeah, by the way, I was going to say, Pearsall, if you don't know, Pearsall's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's like 50 miles south of San Antonio yeah. right on I-35. So I'm like, I'm taking some for the road. And I, I got like a half dozen tacos. And I think I just went with, I think, brisket and steak. Yeah. And, and I ate like three of them on the way back and then had like three the next day for breakfast. So, I mean, man, Ben's taco stand in Pearsall is the spot. See, I'm very, I'm, all, I'm always very envious of you getting to go on these awesome road trips because like whenever I like, whenever I do go on a road trip, I have to make the most of it. So, for example, I spoke at the uh, La Vega football banquet a couple of weeks about a month ago and on the way home i was just like all right now i got fed there very very nicely by um it might have been i can't see who he's showing me a text message and those are pictures of ben's taco stand stand. oh my gosh yeah that's a joint yeah yeah hang on it's there um do you get a picture of the chickens there's a guy on the i don't know if the chickens made it in the picture but oh my gosh it's just a guy guy on a grill outside of a house yeah um but it was like you know, like driving out. They fed me, and I was like, man, I wish I, I kind of wish they wouldn't because I'd love to stop somewhere. But, of course, I stopped on the way home and at, at check stop and got kolaches. Although, did you mm. see the um, the story that I, I tweeted of that Texas Monthly wrote? Yes. So it's a Koblosnik, I think. Koblosnik. I'm not Czech, so I can't pronounce it correctly. I'm sorry for butchering it. They always say like – they always call them like chubbies or something like that. At I think they kind of get away. From that, there's like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I mean, chubby kind of sounds they, like a little they, weird. They want to be, they want to be, they want to be nice about it, PC, and, and make sure that you're not, um, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not butchering a word that you don't know. Because yeah. I mean, people are going to call it co- like a meat kolache anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's, we, we've bastardized a kolache. Yes, the kolache in in the truest sense of the term, kolache is like with fruit, right? Yes, it's got like mm. the the classic one is like apricot. Yeah, it's like the uh, the classic. And then the ones with like sausage. This is the ones we know and love yeah. because we love. Klobosniks is what they're called, but I just give me whatever has a sausage, jalapeno, and cheese. I'm into it. Just bring me that. All right, that's going to do it for Tap and Step. We appreciate you being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, we'll probably be back. Let's see, it's March 4th. We'll aim for like April 1, although April 1 I'm in Austin, but um, sometime at the beginning, sometime, sometime beginning before of April. the f- before mid April, we'll, B- before mid April, we'll get you guys another one of these. We hope you enjoyed this. Let us know what you thought. Uh, use the hashtag Tap and Step to let us know. Um, and so we will be back in about a month. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. And Step, thank you for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Tap and Step.